Okay, in this first section, we're going to talk about a positioning foundation for your pitch materials. Um, without this, then you're really not going to be effective, and it's not going to, you're not going to be able to use the other sections of today. Um, it's really the foundation of understanding where you're going and having that intentionality. Um, without intentionality, you can't align everything to be congruent and you won't be talking to the right people or showing the right information to the right people and matching those things up. We talk about this quite a bit in our Capital Raising Catalyst and Capital Raising 101 workshops. So we're going to go through this part relatively quickly. Some of it's new uh, for you uh, and some of it won't be. Um, but you need to understand what are your competitors doing? Uh, what are firms doing in your related space that maybe aren't direct competitors, but they are selling things to your investors? And what are they doing really well? And what are they doing poorly? And find the pieces of the DNA of people who are doing things well and adopt it for yourself um, so that you're not copying them, but you're integrating it into what you're doing. Another part of the foundation here is what type of investors you're targeting. If you are managing $4 million, then you shouldn't be pitching pension funds and endowment funds because they invest typically, unless they're very, very small regional community college endowment fund, they're typically writing 10, 20, $50 million checks. And usually they don't want to be more than 10% of anybody's total assets under management. So unless you're managing a couple hundred million dollars or you're at the Darwin German type level, then you shouldn't go to institutions unless it's your alma mater. Or if you have some in with someone and they have an emerging manager incubator program or seed capital program, otherwise it's a complete waste of time. Um, who you go to investor-wise changes the check size that you'll be getting, right? And so it should change what's in your materials. It should change what you say. It should change the vocabulary. Um, it should change everything in your materials based on what size of investor you're approaching and also what type of investor. So an investor avatar is really identifying what exact type of investor is going to say yes to you most easily. So Patrick from Rapella uh, is a very, they have a well-established recruiting firm. And he said he might be raising capital for that, for example. So one example would be going to HR executives at publicly traded companies or people that have sold staffing companies before, or somebody who is on the investment committee or the board of publicly traded HR and staffing solution companies, or someone who is a peer that also runs a staffing company, like a software business that does really well, and they're not in competition with them. But you know that they probably earn seven figures as strategic anchor investors, because they'll be smart money, not just money. And figuring out, you know, if you ran a litigation hedge fund, which basically puts money on court cases, and if the person wins, then maybe 20% of the case winnings would go to the hedge fund for backing it, all the cost of going to court against maybe a big corporation. And there's a whole industry around that called litigation funding. And so if you're raising capital for that, who would you want to go raise capital from? Well, you go to law firm partners because law firm partners, if they have more than 10, 20, 30 attorneys underneath them, they're earning seven figures. They might have cash on hand and they could maybe source a court case for you or chime in on an IP case because that's their whole practice is around IP. So you can see it's not only easier to raise the capital, but after they invest, they would actually be adding a lot of value to you as well. That's an investor avatar. And everyone should know exactly who they're raising capital from as specific as possible. You might want to also talk to local family offices, local private investors, but probably 50, 60, 80% of your energy should be on the person that's predisposed to give you money because they understand your niche or they understand you, they're from your industry and they can add value. That's really important. And when investors have a, you know, if you walk into a pharmacy because you have a migraine, you don't want just a vitamin. 
You don't want just Tylenol, you want Excedrin, right? If you have knee pain that's really horrible in your joints due to arthritis, you want arthritin, right? And so you want to be the Excedrin for the type of migraine that your investor has and design the ingredients to your pill to specifically address the headache that your potential investor has, right? So if you know your potential investor is always complaining about X or Y or thinks that there's no alignment or thinks the upfront fees maybe are too high or things are confusing in your industry. If you're in blockchain or some venture capital biotech niche with FDA trials needed and it's really confusing and you're able to simplify it or de-risk it, then you're designing an Excedrin for an investor who likes that access, but they don't like the risk of FDA trials not going well. Or if you're in multifamily where it's pretty easy or self-storage is pretty easy to understand the business, then maybe it's not the education on that. It's the education on your team or what makes you unique from the 10,000 others in your niche. Right? So it's going to be different type of ingredients that you're designing for different types of investors. And part of this is based on who you are. What's your background? You know, Were you in manufacturing and then you went into real estate? Were you in real estate and now you're in food? Um, then you might raise capital from different types of folks. If you do not pay attention to positioning yourself in a unique way, then you're basically telling someone, if you describe yourself, say, oh, we're a lower middle market private equity firm or we're a staffing company, or we are a absolute return hedge fund. And like every hedge fund on planet earth says that we do well, whether the markets go up or down. And when they go down, we even do better. And whether that's true or not, it's, it's almost what every long short hedge fund will tell you. Um, at almost every multifamily group will say, oh, well, we put in you know five to $15,000 per door and we go for working class properties based off of growing demographics. And then we try to achieve a, you know, an 18 to 22% IRR. Then you look like somebody on the beach here and asking someone, who's the tallest person here on the beach? And someone just doesn't care. They delete your email instantly because you're just one of a thousand of whatever you are, right? Um, so we're going to help you change that. We want, when you describe what you do to make it them not know anybody else that does exactly what you do, or there's only one or two competitors head to head that compete against you. So if you say we buy dry cleaners in uh, San Diego, or we invest in self-storage only in Austin, and we know on a first-name basis the top 10 owners of all the self-storage properties in Austin or within this little area. So you want to tightly define what you're doing and position yourself so nobody can say the same thing you're saying, hopefully. And your focus is either on the most profitable part of the market or the most unique or where you're strongest or where you're located.